Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, When I was in high school, my dad bought a jet ski, and I have some good uh, memories of some fun times out on the bay uh, on Long Island. There was this one time I was driving, he was behind me, and I crashed into a sandbar which, I mean, was a little embarrassing and kind of got me shaken up, so I, I let him take over driving. And then I felt suddenly really so much better when he also crashed into a sandbar two minutes later. <laughs> there was this other time where we, you know, we'd been driving really fast and everything, and I was so, you know, for some reason that day, because we were going so fast, we were thinking, I don't want to fall off, you know, 50 miles an hour, whatever. So anyway, we, we came to a stop for a while, we were talking, and my dad just kind of, he doesn't even really lean over, he just kind of, like this, and we capsize. I was glad we were wearing life jackets that day. The sea can be a fun place to be, but it can also be a scary place if you find yourself there in the middle of a storm, which is exactly where we find Jesus and his disciples today. So Jesus has been teaching from a boat on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And thus far in Mark, his disciples have seen him teach, heal the sick, and drive out unclean spirits, showing that he has authority over demons, over sickness, and even the authority to forgive sins. And so at this point, Jesus says, you know, it's time to go over to the other side of the sea. And so they set sail. Now the Sea of Galilee was seven miles wide, and about 13 miles long, so it would take about two hours for them to cross over. And during this time, Jesus understandably falls asleep. He's been teaching all day. But at some point during the journey, things take a turn for the worse. Verse 37 says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Now, these kind of windstorms were actually very common both back in Jesus' day, but also today. I have a friend that was with a tour group on the Sea of Galilee, and actually one of these storms hit. And a New Testament scholar, David Garland, actually tells us these storms can have waves soaring up over seven feet. And so the disciples are in this life-threatening situation. And to make matters worse, keep in mind that some of these guys are fishermen. They know how to be out on the sea. And if this is scaring them, then this is a big deal. 
This is a bad storm. The boat's filling up with water. It could sink. They could all die. There are no life jackets. You can't really swim in really choppy water, and clearly they're not anywhere near the shore. And it's probably very loud, one from the storm, but two from the disciples probably shouting at each other, trying to figure out, what do we do? Jesus, on the other hand, is sound asleep. It's a huge contrast to this raging storm. And perhaps it's an indication to the disciples that they don't have to be afraid. But they see this more as a reason to question his care, to question his character. They ask, don't you care that we're dying here? We've asked questions like this of people before, right? Don't you care that you're wasting electricity? Don't you care that you look ridiculous? Do you even care that I'm trying to pour out my feelings to you? Usually there's a sense of frustration and a sense of doubt in those questions. And so what does Jesus do? Well, he doesn't get up and say, oh my goodness, I've been sleeping. What are we going to do? We're all going to die. His response to the storm is quite the opposite. It's to simply rebuke the wind and the sea and say, peace, be still. And the scripture tells us the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Mark makes a really important contrast here. He tells us in the beginning there was a great windstorm, but now he tells us that great windstorm was replaced by a great calm because it responded to the authority of Jesus. I mean, the storm actually responds to him. Can you imagine being there? You're shaking in your boots, you're thinking, this is it. And then seeing Jesus simply speak, and the wind dies down, the waves even out, the boat stops rocking violently. This is definitely a jaw-dropping moment if there ever was one. Because Jesus is sovereign over nature itself. But from the storm, then, he turns to his disciples with a rebuke for them as well. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It's kind of this idea of, are we not getting yet that two plus two equals four here? You see, they questioned his character instead of trusting his care. Even after all they'd seen him do, they panicked when they could have trusted his power. Remember, they watched him preach with authority about the kingdom of God. They saw him drive out and silence demons. They saw him heal countless people, including a leper, a paralytic, and a man with a withered hand. And I think Jesus is essentially asking here, haven't you seen enough yet to trust me? Their attention is turned to the greatness of the storm rather than to the greatness of Jesus. The disciples still haven't quite gotten it. They still haven't fully grasped who he is yet. Jesus is the one the wind and the waves obey. Verse 43, And they were filled with a great fear and said to one another, Who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so now added to Mark's account of a great windstorm and a great calm is the disciples' great fear. The fear they have 
uh, is likely a sense of uh, terror or intimidation or awe. And certainly we should be awed by Jesus. No human being can speak to the weather and do this. I don't know if any of you have tried, but it, it just doesn't work. And so they're thinking, who is this guy? Who is this guy that the waves and the wind just listen to him? Who is Jesus? That's a central question to the book of Mark. And the Old Testament helps us see the answer. God rules over the sea. Psalm 89, 8-9. to O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. We know that God parted the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk through on dry ground. Psalm 107, 28 to 29. Then they cried to the Lord in, oh, wrong one. He rebuked the Red Sea and it became dry and he led them through the deep as through a desert. And we know that God delivers people from storms and calms the sea. Psalm 107, verses 28 to 29, which I wonder if Mark was recalling as he was thinking and writing about this story. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Jesus' identity is vividly on display as he commands the wind and the waves. He is none other than the God of Israel, the God who created those wind and waves. He created the very sea. He is sovereign over nature, over sickness, over demons, over everything. He has come to bring about his kingdom rule and to save his people from their sins to bring we who were far from God near to him again. And if he's the one in the boat with them, they didn't ever have to be afraid. Jesus is the one the wind and the waves obey, so we need not fear. I don't know about you, but I tend to be a constant worrier. That's something I'm working on. And yet, if we have trusted Jesus, do we really ever have to be afraid of our circumstances? If our God is powerful enough to say, peace be still, to a storm, is there anything that he cannot do? Is there anything that we can fear where he will not already be with us? And yet, we often find ourselves very consumed with fear over the latest storm in our lives loss of a job, a financial crisis, loss of a loved one, a mental health challenge, a breakup, an intensely difficult class. All of these can be scary things, just as scary, if not more so, than the storm the disciples faced. And yet the same Jesus who showed them they need not fear is the same one calling us to trust him and not fear as well. We don't have to allow our fears to consume us. We don't have to live as if there is no hope, as if it all depends on us to fix things. We can depend on him. Someone once said that fear leads to despair, but faith leads to hope.
we are never left alone as followers of Jesus. And I think, I think we often fall right in line with the disciples in, in the way that they question Jesus' character. Like the disciples, we, we forget what God has done for us in the past as if he's not always been faithful when we get to a present trouble. Think about how you've seen Jesus work in the scriptures, but also in your life over the past few years, over the past few decades. One vivid example, this church five years ago was on fire. And now, look what God has done. There are so many ways that each of us can remember that God has come through for us, that he has never abandoned us. And those things can help us to trust him in the present moment when we don't quite see clearly what's going on. It's very easy for us to forget and wonder again if he is good enough and strong enough to see us through. And I think that's because we look at the size of our storm, at the size of our trial, rather than at the God who holds the wind and the waves in the palm of his hand. We can remember the character of God, that he is loving, he is faithful, he is merciful to his people. There's a song by the group 10th Avenue North that came out um, a number of years ago uh, called Strong Enough to Save, and some of the lyrics go, I know the weight of this world can take you down like gravity. I know the current of yourself can take you out to sea, but hold on. He'll break open the skies to save those who cry out his name. The one who wind and waves obey is strong enough to save you. Trust in the character of the one who is strong enough to save, the one who the wind and the waves obey. Now let's be real, sometimes it does feel like Jesus is taking a nap on us. Where are you, Lord? What are you doing? Do you even care what's going on here? And life can feel hopeless. God feels absent. But God never is absent. You see, our feelings do not always tell us the truth. And in the times when we're understandably filled with anguish through, through difficulty, of course it's going to be difficult, when we don't feel God's presence, that's when we've got to trust in the character of Jesus, that he is good, that he does care, and that he will see us through every situation we face as he always has. We don't ever see the people who work behind the scenes on a movie. We never see them on screen. But their impact is greatly felt through the movie. They play a huge role. Some might say they play a bigger role than the actors themselves. Just like God is still there, even when we can't see him, even when we can't feel him, he is still working in our lives, playing the most important role of all. And we can say to him, God, please guide me through this. Hold on to me. Help me to trust you. I can't do this without you. We can be open and honest with God. And God rarely just 
takes us out of our storms and makes them go away. More often, he walks with us through them, holding us, sustaining us, showing us that we can make it through because he is at our side. So that we can conclude, yes, God is faithful even in the hardest moments of our lives. But it's also true that sometimes God brings us through a storm, as he will for all of us one day, through bringing us to his side, through death. Or if we're blessed enough through his return and we wouldn't have to die, which would be kind of cool, but whatever. Um, And even that, that is God's grace too. That is God bringing us through the ultimate storm to be in his presence forever. When I was in my senior year of college, I went through a pretty deep depression. Uh, I felt alone, I felt abandoned, hated myself, didn't want to go to class, didn't want to wake up in the morning. And I would ask God, uh, do you even care? What have you even done for me? And why won't you take this away? And I think we all wonder things like that at some time. But God's silence does not mean his absence. Because into one of what was one of the bigger storms of my life, Jesus was there and he was always working. You see, he'd already set me up with the best roommate I could have ever had in that situation. He connected me with a professor who, quite frankly, I didn't even like at first, who had gone through something very similar in his life and was able to walk with me. He led me to a counselor who helped me work through what I was feeling. And most of all, he reminded me and showed me how desperately I needed to run to him, not from him, in what I was feeling. I'd yelled at God many times, asking him, do you even care? And yet all along, he was showing me he did. Just like he showed the disciples. Jesus, who rules the wind and the waves, walked me through that storm of my life and brought me through. And you know what? I believe he does that for everyone who trusts in him. Doesn't make it easy. But it means he is there and he is not going anywhere. And so what story of God's faithfulness can you look back on when faced with present trials that can help you remember he is who he says he is, that he is trustworthy? Remember the truth of God's character in the past to hold on to him in present troubles. Remember God's past acts in the present, trusting him for the future. We sang this morning the song by Wren Collective. In the silence you won't let go, In the questions your truth will hold, your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in the troubled sea. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. And the beautiful truth about this is that it's not about how tightly we cling to Jesus. It's about how tightly he holds on to us. And so let us look to him. Let us trust in him. In our times of distress, call out to him. Trust in the one whom the wind and the waves obey. And you know what? If you failed, welcome to the club, because we all have. Go to him. 
Ask for his forgiveness and embrace the great love and grace that he has. He didn't kick out the disciples because they, they doubted him. He continued to work in their lives. He continued to grow them. He will not abandon us either. And so let us seek his grace. Let us seek his help as we choose to trust his power over fearing the wind and the waves of this life. Let us pray. Lord, you are good. You are the one who is in control of all things. And we know the truth of your character, that you are always good. And that you have promised to always be with us, no matter what we go through. And so we pray that you would help us to focus on how great our God is, rather than how great our struggles are knowing that you will not abandon us. Thank you for your love and grace. Draw us closer to you each day. In Jesus' name, amen.